the angel said to the shepherds, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Peace. Oh, Christmas season is filled with talk of peace, isn't it? But peace seems so far away. Christ came to give us peace, to, to bring us peace. Are you feeling at peace today? There's so much going on to rob us of peace. It's, uh, it just keeps coming at us. The news, the COVID-19 issues, life and death, economic issues, how we long for lasting peace for us, for our family, for our friends, for the whole world. Think about this year. You've had a few moments of peace, haven't you? <laughs> a quiet morning, a week's vacation with perfect weather and experience, Work done well and appreciated, laughter, and maybe even you stole a hug. <laughs> but then it's gone. No need for me to go on and on about that, because we all know peace is so elusive, and it's been elusive through generations and generations. No generations figured it out. We long for peace, modern times and ancient times, and we can't find it, we can't have it. And oh, how I need Advent, the Christmas season, to remind me, to constantly remind me about that we have hope because Christ has come, that we, we can have God's peace because Christ has come, that we can have joy, actually joy in life in spite of unjoyful things because Christ has come, and we have love, lasting love, that endures and carries us to glory and, and through our lives now because Christ has come. It's hard to imagine life being filled with hope, peace, joy, and love. But that was God's intentions from the very beginning, wasn't it? He designed us to have, that was to be our experience and we lost it. Last week, Pastor Will, in his recorded message, reminded us that we have hope because Jesus has come to redeem us, to purchase us back, to bring us back to God, to rescue us from our sins. He cancels the power of sin. He sets us free to live for God, to go on new paths. We have forgiveness. His resurrection proves he is the Lord of glory and that he can give us everything he promised. He leads us into paths of peace. And this morning, this is the second Sunday of Advent, and the focus, the theme is the pathways to the peace we crave. We can have hope this week. We can have hope and peace. And I hope today's word, God's word, will encourage you, fill you with courage, fill you with hope, energize you, because you remember what's true, because our God is a strong tower of refuge, a refuge and peace. Elusive peace, going to look at that from Isaiah, finding peace in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, and living and even if need be dying in peace in Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at those three passages this morning. Elusive peace. Shalom, peace. It's a full peace. A complete peace is in view in that word. Economic peace. Peace of mind. Physical peace. 
security, peace among people, peace among tribes, peace all over the world. That's what's involved in that word shalom. I wish you shalom. I wish you God's peace. And God is the foundation of that peace. Just real quickly, in the first two verses, there's a question behind these statements. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save and his ear too dull to hear. There's a question there. So if that's true, how come I feel like God isn't hearing me? How come there is no peace? How come there is no salvation and redemption? I mean, if you look back and flip a page or two back to Isaiah 30, listen to this promise that God gave to his people through Isaiah. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. So the question was for them, and sometimes it is for me. How about for you? Lord, aren't you hearing? You promised you would. But of course, the other verses that that David read for us, verses 3 through 8, they describe again what's come between us, our sins, and God can't hear. We forget how holy and perfect and righteous and good and merciful and loving God is, how set apart he is, transcendence, the word we use. He's above us. He's apart from us. He can't hear us because our sins have walled us off from him, and we lose sight of how sinful we are. We've lost of it. And verse 8 sums it up. The way of peace, they, can we say we do not know? Because we've gone astray. Are you one of those people who don't know the way of peace? When I first read that passage, first reading, probably second reading, I was thinking to myself, wow, those people in Judea were really awful people. And then I realized I was one of those people, that the passage was really describing me, that I really didn't know the pathway to peace until God graciously revealed it to me. When I was young, I suddenly understood how sinful I was, but then now as an older man, I realized, I didn't realize then what I know now is how sinful I really was because I've lived so much longer and done so many more things. I've fallen short of God's glory and sinned. I've lied, I've cheated, I've lusted after this and that and gone my own way and said, God, I really want to do your will, but not today, maybe tomorrow. We put things off. What happens when we turn away from God? We go down paths that lead us to turmoil. Instead of righteousness, we reap what we sow. Instead of peace, when we plant gossip and cheating and bending the truth for personal gain, we reap turmoil and anger and distress in our own personal relationships, and the world happens the way it is now. Psalm 139 reminds me, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
test me and know my anxious thoughts, and there are many anxious thoughts in my heart. How about yours? See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God knows what's going on in our hearts, and he wants to lead us to paths of peace. If we would just ask him to lead us, if we would just ask him to examine us, he will be happy to do it. I don't want to belabor this point too much longer, but I love the pictures. We didn't read them this morning. We looked at them last week for a few minutes, but I look at verses 10 and 11. Like the blind, we grope along the wall, feeling our way like men without eyes. At midday, we stumble as it were twilight. Among the strong, we are like the dead. We all growl like bears. We moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice, but find none. What a picture of when we go astray, when we go away from God. I have this feeling that Mama and Papa Bear have been doing a lot of growling in 2020. <laughs> so have Grammy and Grampy Bear. Grampy, grumpy, Grampy Bear. <laughs> COVID-19 has just thrown our life into turmoil. There's then been the usual mess in our lives because of sin and just the way things are. And then COVID came. And we've been growling about it. <laughs> Kids are at home with doing school and work from home and we're all together and shopping's not easy and vacations didn't happen, or at least not the way we wanted. And we can't celebrate the way we want to. And baby bears sad because there aren't play dates anymore and college bears bad and teen bears mad because they can't get together with their friends and college is all messed up and we can't have sports like we want crisis right so we're growling like bears and then we're moaning like doves have you ever heard the cooing of i call them morning doves a lonely dove sitting on the wire I googled that this week just to hear it again <laughs> because I can hear it in my head. I wish I could, could do it for you because that moan is so, so soulful and lonely sounding and how often we feel like that when we're not at peace. It expresses what we're feeling when we walk away from God. We crave peace but it's so elusive. We wander into dark paths. We stumble. We want God to lead us to peace. And he wants to lead us to peace. And there's hope to be expressed because he sent a redeemer and we're celebrating that. Jesus Christ came. In chapter 60, just the opening verses, just after this gloomy chapter that Isaiah wrote, he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, the darkness covers the earth. The thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. The nations will come to the light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isn't that great to know that in this darkness, God is calling out to us? And that leads us to our second thought this morning. Peace is so elusive, but we can find peace. And I go to Luke chapter 1 to just remind us of this hope in this Advent season, the a part of the story of Christmas in Luke's account. And I love Luke's account of the Christmas story. And we look at Zechariah. Zechariah was John the Baptist's dad, and he doubted God's word. And in chapter 1 of Luke, in verse 67, 
after he had doubted, he, uh, Zechariah the priest was mute because he didn't listen and believe the angel's words, Gabriel's words to him in the temple about him having a son, a promise, the son he'd been praying for. God heard his prayer and answered him, but he doubted it. But when John was born and they named him John, like the angel told him to, his voice came back to him. The Spirit of God filled him. And in verse 68 we read, Praise be to the Lord, Zechariah says, the God of Israel, because he has come. He has redeemed his people. Just like Isaiah said, it's coming true. He was so excited. He's praising God for all that God is doing in his life. And I love that verse 66, 76, he says, speaking of John the Baptist, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of their God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. That's where God wants to take you today. If you're unsettled and not feeling at peace, Jesus Christ came to lead us, to guide us. Heaven's light has come to guide us into the path of peace. The doubter is praising God. And the doubter is saying the good news of salvation and forgiveness. It's all wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ. You know that. Embrace it again this Christmas. The Prince of Peace has come and he's entered your life and he's here to give you peace. We have peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote that in the book of Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In a letter to the Colossians, he repeated that great truth in verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that is, in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself, to bring into right relationship everything, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and by making, by making peace, through his blood shed on the cross. We can have peace through faith in Christ. Are you hearing this truth? Are you believing this truth? Then live in peace. You're at peace with God. God answers those who cry out to him for forgiveness, for faith. He will give you the strength you need today to face whatever you have to face. He's walking with you through it. Will you cry out to him for that peace? Preach this good news to yourself every day. Because there's so many things that want to take peace away from us, that will take peace away from us. Life circumstances sorrow and sadness, the fear of tomorrow because we don't know what's going to happen, the fear of death because 
even though we know we'll be with Christ, it's a mystery. It's darkness to us. And, and because you can't see it, it's fearful to us. Know that Christ is there with us. I love what the great evangelist D.L. Moody said from the late 1800s, that great evangelist. He said, a great many people are trying to make peace with God, but that has already been done by Christ. God has not left it up to us to make peace. All we have to do is to enter into it, he says. If you're not a believer, you can enter it in by simply confessing your sins and admitting that you need Christ's forgiveness, that you've gone astray. And believer, we can have that peace as well as we step into it and remind ourselves that God has brought us peace and made us his child, made us his friend, made us his beloved one, made us his favored one, made us his brothers and sisters. We are his people. God the Spirit guides our feet to believe and he guides us to walk in these paths of peace. Let the truth of God bring joy and happiness and contentment and peace, knowing that God will hear, God will answer, He's come to save us. Remember, God is for you. He loves you, but he doesn't like you the way you are. And that's why he came, to make you into someone even better. So he disciplines us, and he refines us, and he walks with us through it all. And it all is because of Christ. Kind of neat to think about, isn't it? How God, what God is doing. So peace is elusive. Our sins have separated us, walled us off from God, separated us from him. But God has come. He wants to show us the paths of peace. And he sent Christ to purchase that peace for us. And if we believe in him, we own it. We need to remind ourselves of who we are and what he's done and where he's taking us daily. And then let that affect us by how we live, and as need be, even die in peace. I go to Luke chapter 2, and Simeon, he was a man of faith, and God had given him a promise that he would see the Christ, the Messiah, before he died. And we pick up the action in Luke chapter 2 at verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for the revelation for the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Imagine holding God in your hand. It's the mystery of the incarnation, Jesus coming in the flesh. 
God Almighty in an infant, a baby boy in Simeon's hands. The promise, he gets to hold him and see him. It's amazing, it's a mystery, it's unbelievable. But that's what the God who created the world does. He does amazing things. He gives promises and he keeps his word. He fulfills them because he can, because he's the sovereign Lord. Why do we ever doubt that? This morning, just remember, if you want peace, see Jesus. Now, you and I can't hold him in our hands. And our physical eyes can't even see him. Remember Thomas the doubter? I won't believe he's resurrected unless I see him and stick my fingers in his wounds and in his side. And he got to see Jesus. But Jesus promised that because you've seen me, Thomas, he said, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. We have a promise, too. As good as Simeon's, you will see Jesus face to face. And maybe one day very soon. And he is speaking, even this morning through his word to your heart. He's saving people. He's holding on to his children. We can see him in the pages of the word of God. He lived, he died, he rose again, just as he said. He's building his church. It's not failing or faltering. No, he's at work. See Jesus. Remind yourself of what he promised and and see what he's doing. Be at peace like Zechariah and Simeon because we are seeing God keeping his word and keeping his promises. It's interesting, though, as Simeon's talking about all these glorious things as he's holding Jesus in his hands, God keeping his promise to him, and Jesus will keep his promise to you and me. Those who have died in Christ before us aren't going to miss anything we won't miss anything if we are gone when Jesus returns because the living, we get to go before them. We're going to get to meet Jesus together in the air. But he says this about peace. Verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what Simeon was saying. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. There's a war going on between darkness and light, good and evil. So there's going to be trouble even though we are in Christ and with Christ. There are forces resisting God, resisting his truth, resisting his people. And Jesus explained that to his disciples. In chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Think about all Jesus had just said to the disciples. Somebody's going to betray me. 
they'd just gone through the embarrassing thing of him washing their feet because they were too proud to do it. So there was that embarrassment, and there was the admonishment with that. You know, the greatest is the servant of all. And then Peter said, I'll die for you. And God, Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times tonight, and everyone's going to be scattered, and someone's betraying me, and I'm going to go on trial, and I'm going to die. I'm going to be resurrected again, but you guys are going to be, don't know what's going on, but it's all good. Their hearts were troubled for good reason. Your heart's troubled this morning for good reason. But take heart. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But there's a kingdom coming, and Jesus gives you peace. Preach that to yourself regularly this week when you're feeling discouraged or down because of all that's going on, because when we follow Christ, there will be trouble, but take heart. He's overcome the world. Be of good cheer, it says in other translation, because I am with you. You can trust me. Let not your heart be troubled. The victory of Christ can give us contentment and peace because our future is in a risen Savior's hand. So I ask you again, are you on the pathway to peace? It's found in Christ. I asked myself this morning, am I at peace? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm not at peace. There's always trouble coming at me, but yet there's this rock that doesn't move. I'm so frail in my body, in my mind, and in my soul, but then I remember what Jesus said about the birds and how they don't worry. And when they fall, he knows about it. And he loves me and cares about you and me so much more. Even in death, I can be at peace. Because those who believe in Christ, even when they die, they live. Jesus is the pathway to peace. This world is not going to satisfy us, but Jesus came to guide us to his pathways of light so we don't have to growl so much or mourn so, moan so much because he is walking with us. He's guaranteed us peace. When your heart's heavy, and there's a lot of reason to have a heavy heart, Turn to Jesus and meditate on his truth and see him and hold him. The Spirit of God is holding on to you now and forever. Jesus said this at a tomb. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Life never ending in Christ. Be at peace. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask you today to remind us again and again of your truth, of your trustworthiness, and give us your peace. Let it be displayed in our, in our thoughts and hearts and in our words. And when we're troubled, Lord, remind us, lead us back to your path of peace, to your truth, so that we can be filled with courage, and hope and your peace 
Help us to wait expectantly for your ultimate peace, your kingdom peace that is soon to come. We believe it's so. Give us faith to trust you more, we pray. In the name of our Lord and Savior, the Prince of Peace. Amen.